The lights come up. The camera focuses. You are somewhere in between, and the reality of your life is on show. We feel compelled to put on a show and give a pleasing performance all the time. And on the stage of life, sometimes it's filled with some award-winning performances that most will never get to see on stage. Sometimes, not all of our stories are all glamour. I am Philip Clark, and I want you to join me today as we unearth the many roles of actors, teachers, singers, artists, lawyers. Writers and much more, as they share their journey and the lessons learned on that journey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. You know, as I always start out with a lesson that I learned from theatre. Every time I'm going to do a performance, every time I'm going to do a play. Usually, I try to steal away and spend some time inside the theater or the performance space by myself when no one is there. It's quiet, and I look at the stage. I look at the audience, and sometimes I stand in the in the middle between the stage and the audience, and I absorb the moment. It might sound strange to you. I take in all of the moment. I recognize that every single time you go on stage, every time you do a performance, it's never the same. No two performances are alike. And so I soak in the moment before I go, and I soak in the moment while I am playing. Because it helps me to appreciate and to celebrate that moment right there and then, and I understand that the next night I perform, and the next night, and the next night, and the next night, it's a completely different experience. The audiences are different, and you have an entirely different way of actually communicating with the audience. So I stay there in the moment. And I absorb the moment. In life, you have to learn how to take in every each and every moment, and just accept it for what it is, because you're never gonna get it like that ever again. Absorb the moment and feel yourself in the moment, and appreciate life for what it is. And recognize that yesterday is not today, and appreciate that if you have today, you have a whole lot. Welcome to lights, camera, real life. And tonight, I have with me a very special guest, a young, talented individual that I am particularly impressed with, and I'm sure will learn a lot from. This evening, so I want to bring him on now. I think he's in the house, so I am going to bring him on shortly. Okay, so I open a good because we're gonna have a good. All right, and make sure. Thank you very much. Yes, it's my birthday. 
Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Norman. So let's bring on stage the one and only J L L L. He goes by the name J L L L. What going, Bridget? I'm here. I'm in the place, in the life, you know, in 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 the flesh. Hmm. I am well today. You know, I am quite well today. Yeah, man. As you as as you would have. Uh, her, so you see, if you if you look in the chat, you see them are them are them are big up, Mr. Oh, Clark. Yes, yes, I see it. So hold on. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Happy birthday, man. Yes, man. Thank you. Young and you see who me I interview for my birthday? Huh? You see who you see who me I interview for my for my birthday? You. <laughs> okay. I mean, hey, man. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. You know. Ah, look here, no man. Look here, no man. I'm indeed delighted to have you on tonight. Mm. So, John, I am going to introduce you to the people, em. You see? That good? Okay, cool. Okay. Yes, that's great. So, ladies and gentlemen, my Instagram friends, I want to ask you to listen as I introduce my very special guest this evening. He got into music production 10 years ago. 10 years ago? All right. I must say 11 years now. Yeah, yeah. Call it that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At Arden High School. Now, we want to talk a lot about that. Mm -hmm. He headed to the University of Technology, Jamaica, which is where I met this talented yes. young man, where he completed a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Communication, communication Arts. Communication Arts Technology, yeah. Right, and technology. Now, this former Arden High School guy, he has been noticed by quite a, a number of established artists, and he has produced In the City by Governor, mm -hmm. featuring Protege, mm -hmm. Breadfruit by Cha-Ching Ching, <laughs> and Ghetto by Mavado. Yes, yes. That's all right. That's all right. I would love to describe him as... A young, unassuming, gentle soul mm. who has an independent spirit and a creative imagination. Thank you. Mr. JLL, thank you for coming this evening. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real yes. Life. Yes, yeah, man. Glad to be here for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Listen to me now, no? I am very curious about how you actually started out and uh, let me just tell you guys when i met this guy i met this young man uh and i thought he was an artist because the man do a piece of drawing and i saw this drawing of it was uh dennis brown right yeah Yes. Yes, Dennis Brown. He did a pencil drawing of Dennis Brown. Sorry, you know, I have it with you because we can't bring it up on the screen, you know. Well, that is yeah. limitation of, of, of IG. And I saw a pencil drawing of Dennis Brown that this man's, and it looked like a photograph. And I was amazed. <laughs> no, my friend. Thank you. You seem to have, you could have gone any which way. You could have been an artist. You could have been... Why you chose to be a music producer? All right, that's a good question. Um, 
I would say in the time I started making music, I was doing three things. So right. I was doing photography, I was drawing, and I was making beats. Um, the first thing that I spent the most time on was drawing. Like I've been drawing from when I was very, very young. Um, so then that to me was just always a natural thing to me. And I think my second passion came with photography. And um, actually, it was in high school around ninth grade when, um, funny enough, the guy that actually made me kind of start producing is in this chat, guy yeah. called Chris. Basically, he made this rhythm that I heard and that immediately inspired me to just make beats, right? And um, at first, it, it wasn't like a priority. It was just more so, you know, mm -hmm. it's this new creative outlet that I feel um, is kind of a bit liberating to just make something from scratch that you can listen to yourself and enjoy without any outward, you know, um, validation from anybody. So right. I would just make music. I will probably make trash beats. <laughs> I just like, I didn't care if there was an artist on it. I was just making beats. And then um, I soon began to realize just how, not only um, how the music scene was, but how possibly lucrative it could be. You get me? So, um, I mean, I wasn't making any money in the first couple of years that I was right. doing music, but one of my goals was for sure to really get a big feature, you know? Um, and definitely through um, Chris, I had all those, uh, my majority of those credits he list, listed earlier is with mm -hmm. the help of Chris, you know? And he was my age in Arden as well. And he was doing a lot for his age and still doing a lot now. And um, yeah, and me and a couple other virgins from Arden just had this group of just musicians. Like, and it's interesting because it's not like I had a group of photographers or a group of like um, illustrators, like a group of right. musicians. So that in itself kind of even influenced me to kind of just like zone in on this. And when I realized that one, I'm getting attention from this. And not only am I getting attention, I'm getting attention from really good artists, you know, um, just from making music. Um, I've, I mean, my, my, my portraits will get a lot of attention as well, but then music requires much less work than the portraits. <laughs> you get me? Mm -hmm. It was this new venture. And uh, sooner or later, when, you know, I found a little money can come in and... Uh, certain acts are reaching out like protege and chronics and kelisa and kesnamde you know um started working with teflon um sooner or later like it just made sense that this was a thing that could really like be my thing you get me so um so let me so let me yeah. go back to arden for a little bit uh what yes. was the environment it seemed as if something in the environment at arden seemed to have bitten you or created you what is it about our den high school and you you have one thing in common with coffee the artist and that's both of you went to our den <laughs> yes so what's going on all right well it's funny because at our den it's funny because i remember one of the first times i met coffee which was like in 2017 she told me she remember she remembered me because i was a peer counselor in Arden. For like seven years. 
Okay. The time I was there, you know. So um, like Zena, yes, music was less work, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the thing about Arden is like Arden is a melting pot of like persons who have it, call them uptown, <laughs> and persons oh. who don't necessarily have it, you know, and persons yeah. who are in the middle. So what you get from that is basically different people um, with different resources and varying levels of skills and talent, um, just basically reasoning with each other and working with each other to just create something, you know? And I mean, if I was to be very truthful, Arden wasn't really the most um, freeing when it comes to really producing because we couldn't even bring our laptops. But one thing Arden was, Arden was um, very, very made a big importance on the creativity of their students. So ah, if you realize no, their students, yeah, they'll make let, them perform. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you a question now. <laughs> yes, right. Given the fact that you yes. had that influence from, from the arts, how important it is for young people to be involved in the arts as just your as, as a holistic development mm -hmm. how important is you are now a music producer and clearly you as you're saying Arden supported that promoted mm -hmm. that how is imp how important is for you for me it's just, it's very important because I realize it's just a question about the human identity, you know, and it's not always grounded in what can make you money or what can um, um, get you to the next level. You get me? It's really based on what you feel as a person yeah. and how you can eventually convert those feelings and those um, inspirations and motivations into something that can be lucrative. Um, so for me, like being able to express art in high school was one of the most important things for me because I realized I wasn't, I wasn't the most academic person, mm -hmm. it's, it, uh, but it's not like I had an issue, like, you know, like getting good grades or whatever, but I just didn't want to like really study that hard or do all that homework all the time. You get me? Um, I would try my best to please my parents, but it just didn't really get to that point. So, um, I know being, being in a school that's so highly praised for just its academics and, you know, its smart kids, like, it kind of um, is a bit down-putting when you're not able to really live up to what everyone else is doing. So, I would just take that and put it into my art. So I will be drawing, I'll be taking photos, I'm just doing stuff that gives me an identity outside of being the smartest kid in the class or getting mm -hmm. all these nice grades and these awards. Because mind you, like, as I said, like, I wasn't, I didn't struggle um, per se, but it just wasn't my passion, if you get me. So yeah. acting itself mm -hmm. kind of helped me to um, release myself when there was that outward pressure. And I feel like it's very important that students get that option you know, yeah. in school because it's the most innate thing, I feel like. 
biology and everything and it's important you get me and it can lead to um a lot of very well-paying jobs and it can create a lot of solutions in the world right itself is the basis of life you get me and uh, absolutely i hope that i hope they listen to on a hearing on a hear the man say it can lead to a lot of solutions to life Yes, Tiger says, I feel that I'm the same way. My awards didn't matter to me at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's true. Exactly. It's very, very much so. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to JLLL, John Andre Lawrence, mm -hmm. that his name is. And he is a music producer. I'm going to say up and coming because he looks like in bus. We're gone all over the place now. So I'm not really know me can't say up and coming anymore. <laughs> all right. But most of you don't know that at, in my former life, I, I was a DJ. You know, so I, 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 I used to play music to entertain myself. All right. <laughs> so just like how John, John Andrea talked, I want to introduce you to one of the first pieces that I've heard from you. I don't know mm. if you remember this piece. Uh, guys, tell me if you can hear it. Music I can play up tonight you know, because, you know, tonight we are celebrate. Okay. <laughs> Another winning Britain. Britain. in the uh, Fire 105 part of their promotion, winning rhythm competition. Wow. Wow. Yes. that and i said mm, mm. I, I i like this you know i i really like this and i i like the way it's going let me tell let me ask you what really what really motivates you creatively creatively what motivates me is feeling you know um and to explain is really i think there's nothing more satisfying than uh, getting um some sort of emotional reaction from something that um you're either listening to or watching so i think it's the same reason why we all tune into our favorite artists and 
try to figure out when they're releasing albums and when, when they release albums the whole event because we want to get that feeling or that emotion from that person and i feel like for me being in the process of creating gives me that feeling you know um being able to cu curate something and make it you know um really target a certain emotion that in itself keeps me wanting to go back and just do it again and Lucien says in my song called bias says i want to make you feel something and that's that's just it you hear me yeah like, i want to make you feel something somebody just said it yes yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, feeling is very important to the arts, and this is something that I always tell you know my 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 performers that you must make the audience feel. Mm -hmm. If they don't feel, right. then they would have wasted their time. What they paid their money for is to be able to feel you. So if you can communicate that right. feeling that you are having in the music to them mm -hmm. then you would have won them over exactly you know what i mean exactly i mean we don't truly it's, it's it's the reason why i got into music just because um i was just so perplexed as to how something um like some pieces of music can move me so much and i wanted to that was one of my goals to really create something that can move me or people just as much as um, some other songs have have moved me in the past, you get me? So it's just, just really to kind of recreate that feeling. Do you think as a producer, mm -hmm. you are like a scientist and you can actually change the way how people feel towards something? Um, possibly, yeah, I do feel so. Because there is a science to production you know, um, there's many terms and many um, ways to do things um, that can emote that feeling that you want, you know. And the more that you learn about these things and these terms, is the better you're able to really get that feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for sure, yeah, I would, I would liken it to that too. I want to go to uh, one of your first beats here uh this one is tell me if you pronounce it right manin 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 yes manin yes. roots and glam roots and glam. yeah let's let's listen to this one guys let me tell us i was a dj so we have we are mixed it up with some music tonight to hear so just enjoy the music <laughs> <laughs> song here roots mm -hmm. and glam it has a certain almost a rock steady vibe in the background mm -hmm. and it have a little rock steady reggae and uh, a, a nice soulish groove mm -hmm. uh, what, what, 
what where that come from? You know, how how you how you get the what's the word inspiration mm. to put that all together? You're 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 just born the other day. Well, what you know about roots, rock and reggae? You see, man. Um, I mean, all right. You see, Manin, he's an artist that I feel brings about um, a, a familiar sound from artists like, um, I think it's Aineke Mose and um, many artists from that generation. So when I was really working with him to kind of create this beat, I was trying to... Um, target something that had that familiar roots um, sound, but also had something that was a bit more modern, had a modern touch to it, yeah. um, that right. could kind of place his voice and his style in something that, you know, mm -hmm. complements it, you know? Because um, mm -hmm. this production took a couple months to kind of wrap our heads around to kind of figure out like, all right, where do we want it to go? Um, how do we want it to sound? And, uh, um, I think one day it just clicked. One day I was there with him and um, his guitarist, Gavin. And uh, I just like came up with some ideas in my head and was telling Gavin like the lines and eventually it just came together, you know? And um, yeah, and the song just kind of created itself, you know? JL, um, how important it is for you to acknowledge mm. and to research and to learn about those who came before you. Mm. Um, it's, it's very important, and that made up a large part of my early um, career, per se. Um, I did a lot of researching into other producers and um, other artists, and uh, listened to a lot of old-school music, listened to a lot of different genres, tried experimenting just because at the end of at the end of the day nothing is nothing is necessarily new under the sun and everything i do is a culmination of my previous influences so the more i am influenced and the more i know of the persons who have done it similarly because all of the new interesting weird stuff that we hear nowadays is almost like a different rendition of something before you know, ah. so I just feel like, ah. bless up Keanu, I just feel like um, doing the research makes it that much easier to really consistently come up with ideas that can um, actually work, you know, because it, it's one thing to just like make a rhythm and put it out there and you think so you like it and, you know, you have friends that kind of give you the strength and the next thing to that is based off of a foundation that you've spent time looking to and the phone and that foundation is off of things that have worked like beats songs worked so when you end up building something it just works you know yeah. and then that's really I'm, the I'm whole, glad you um, said that mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because when you talk about research you said earlier that you're not really an academic but that is part of academic that's part of the academic mm. way of life. You have to read, you have to research. That's and true. So, so that you learn how yeah. now to create better. Mm. You learn how to innovate. Right. You learn how to engineer. 
Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? What do you say to people? What do you say to young artists who do not think that the elders in the music, in the music business, and those who have gone on before them, no matter, me and my own man, me not interested in a them, and me, mm-hmm. and me around the place now. What do you say to uh, creative acts like that? It's just, honestly, I feel this ignorance in a sense where, and it's also insecurity because out of these persons, um, as much as they're acting like they know that what them have is sick and they don't need no advice from no other person, blah, blah, blah. It's just like the basis of your music, you know, is those <laughs> persons before you, you know, it's those artists who really built it up and gave you a foundation to even make music. You know, so when you kind of lose the in the um the idea of the persons who built the foundation before you, then it's, it's gonna be hard for you to be to build a sustaining career. I feel like the, the artists who keep longevity, um, respect, and know the persons before them, and uh, have mentors who have been in it for a while. You know, and uh, man like Protege, Chronics. Or even if you can say Vibes Cartel and those guys, like as as much as they make the songs they make and um, whichever way you want to um, believe what they're saying, they have maintained a consistency in music and that's just because they know who has come before them. They respect Absolutely. that. And as Yashin said, yeah, they have to pay homage because that's your foundation. That's just Absolutely. it, you know, there's no going around it. Well, I mean, the thing about it, ignorance is given such a negative connotation, but in a sense, everyone's always ignorant in a certain regard. <laughs> we don't know yeah. everything, you know? So I think people need to loosen, those persons just to loosen their pride because at the end of the day, um, once they see outside of themselves and see the bigger picture, they will see how much they'll be able to accomplish and um, they'll see their potential. You get me? Because potential is uh, something outside of what you can understand. So you can't tell yourself that you know everything and you've seen it all and you know you know your thing and you know your potential. You know where things can go. Like you don't know where things can go. And that's the idea of just even getting knowledge from persons outside of you and um, who have more experience than you just to really give you a better idea of what could be, you know? And yes, there's instances where you're going to have uh, um, bigger persons, quote-unquote, sunning you, which is like treating you like a, a little boy and thing. And I mean, obviously, not all um, elders have the best personality to really encourage persons, but that doesn't mean you should really throw it off. Because I know some people entered the business with very good intentions, yeah, but then... Uh, they had a bad experience with someone they looked up to. Yeah. Like, you know, them link up with a legend and a legend diss them. And them say, I'm not dealing with no more legend. You know, them man, they, them just whole and da, da, da. And I mean, no, like, that goes into the whole idea of ignorance. Like, you cannot judge a whole by one, you know, in any regard. Very good point. Very good point. Very so, good point. I want you to hold that point because I want to come back to it when I talk about lessons learned from the industry. Oh, yeah. we're going to go to ask the Chris Malakai in the building. Hello, Chris. Chris Malakai, Chris Malakai is in the building. Yes. My artist. 
And incidentally, we're going to go to a Chris Malakai tune right now. Guess and tell me. Chris Malakai, big up yourself. There's a war going on outside. I protect my head. Yet it's harder just to keep up my head. Only I get so there's a war going on outside. Oh, no. Can you see me crying out for help? If it's on a red, and it makes me feel so blue. Feel so upset. Every time you have to turn on the blues. Oh, you come on and I feel so The music, you know, is really uh, one of the things you all are all are made with that music, there, you know, it was all our music yeah. with our meds. Chris Malakai, thank you for that one too. <laughs> Let me ask a question. Mm -hmm. The music industry that I have I have come to know, and uh, many persons who I have within the industry will tell you that why it's a cutthroat kind of a situation mm. how have you found it well um it really did all right so jamaica has a different idea of music industry you know um and uh, oh that's interesting a very different idea so jamaica's music industry i would say is a bit more scattered and a bit less focused than let's say an american music industry you know, um, and I mean, with reason, because we don't necessarily have the labels or the funding or the, um, the, the, yeah, the financial backing, in a sense, from mm -hmm. our own land to really capitalize on talent in a way that can make them grow as they should. So what you end up seeing is a lot of labels and companies reaching out to artists down here and producers down here and trying to get them as talent for their company. Um, you know, and uh, you're seeing a lot more Jamaican artists being picked up by other music industries. Right. <laughs> you get me? I mean, and it, it, it is one whole music industry, but then it's really based on perspective because some people might see it like, okay, um, if, it, if it's an artist who, let's say, them them don't really have the opportunity for be around certain established acts and you know maybe they come from a place where you know um well let's just say they're not very well off right yeah, yeah. and um uh, they're making them music you know they make them little money buy them little gear and uh, them offer probably pay our artists for, for voice on them thing you know um and they have to do a little juggling or they have to do a little thing. And it's just like, mm -hmm. soon you realize that 
this whole music industry thing is less about business and more just about like hype in a sense down here, you know? Like I was mm. talking to someone and I was saying <laughs> one of Jamaica's currency is hype. <laughs> <laughs> where, um, the more hype you get, the the farther you can get in certain situations. But in in a sense, it's value hype's value doesn't directly correlate with like the value you get from having a successful tune or getting money. You know, big up Jamal. So then, yeah, so. Uh, my experience in it now, it was a tough one because as I was very ignorant starting out in the business. And I think that I have some ignorance to it now because it's a really expensive thing, you know. It's really hard for one man to know everything. You can't. But um, I didn't know much. So I was, I was swindled here and there and I had a bit of um, issues that I've learned from now in the Jamaica music industry. <laughs> you get me? Um, and it made me Tell realize me that, yo. Huh? Tell me one lesson. All right, so like, it'll be a situation where, let's say, um, I'm, I make a beat, you know, I, I'm, I, I send to someone and he sends it to a more established producer. Right. And then um, there's a mishap in communication and, and like my credit doesn't get on the sound. Or, or I don't get compensated for the song, you uh -huh. know? I mean, and um, those things are really miscommunications most times. And how do you but get then, around them? Well, you just have to know. You, you, you kind of have to know um, um, the fact that, you know, people aren't necessarily going to ask you for your rights. You know, you kind of have to know your rights from beginning because people tend to lean towards um uh, what's the word like um themselves in a sense mm -hmm. no no more so nowadays which is mm -hmm. which is not horrible but what ends up happening is that the whole idea of being clear and transparent and be like yo i'm doing this thing i'm letting you know i'm doing this thing with your music you know Sometimes that's not always there if you don't ask. So then what ends up happening is that things just end up slipping through the cracks. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah, like bad decisions are made. But it's just really the fact that there's no, there's not much structure. Big up beauty, there's not much structure. So it's just like one of the reasons why um, I think I've even been able to really maintain some sort of consistency or even keep doing music is the fact that I've started to earn from it. And right. One of my main sources of earning is from foreign labels. You know? Oh. Um, yeah. So if I, if I produce for artists who's on a label um, established in America or Europe, the label will pay me an advance, you know, and those advances kind of are like the bread and butter. Like that's the thing for producers. You know, mm -hmm. and that's if you want to make like a decent living without having to really kill yourself off bit there by the studio, like getting placements, which is songs from big artists and labels can sustain you. And, you know, and those placements are usually a part of the American music industry, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So it's 
it's a tricky thing and it's a long long conversation and it's a conversation yeah. that necessarily yeah. be finished you know but um, yeah i know i know i know i know i know so let's take a let's let's run on a tune let's run on a tune this is nani back musical instrument um piano and not really even that proficiently but this is what the thing the thing I would definitely say I play okay mm. you were formally trained no you taught yourself basically yeah i mean i i, I had a few classes in piano but those didn't really um form the basis of my knowledge right now but they did help to a degree mm-hmm. yeah so as a as a producer what would you say is one of the most essential essential skills or essential requirements of being a, a producer well um first it just begins with your mindset you have to be open to again going back to our conversation earlier to really know as much as you can and do your research you know um and uh, also believe in yourself <laughs> um study your tools study your program study your instruments um know as much as you can about them um and uh, once you do that and your research i mean you basically have the music part down <laughs> you know um i would definitely Why? suggest <laughs> Well, I mean, I know you're not a star, but you sound different from everybody. <laughs> well, a lot of people in the music industry, you know, I don't know how you manage because guess what? No, no. and, and I need to ask this question. How do you bring what you bring? Mm-hmm. The fact that you are a university graduate, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you're an artist. You do your research. How, how do you allow the persons you work with to get from you the creativity the knowledge the expertise that you bring as a as a university student as a creative mind as an as an intelligent person because me really me really, really don't see much intelligence going on in the business you know so i'm sorry well how do you I bring mean, what you have i what i try to do is just try to be um, a voice of reason um i find that all the artists that i work with are pretty pretty intelligent you know um and that's a blessing in its own right um but for sure like if 
I think what ends up happening is that when persons aren't sure of what they want to do or yeah. where they want to go, right. I basically, I guess, use what I know um, thus far mm -hmm. to really kind of guide them logically along a certain path based on how they're feeling, you know. So even production is a very intensive thing mentally because when you're producing a track for someone, especially in real time with them, mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. most times they don't know what sounds to use or how to go about the production or um, where it's going to go. You know, they'll give you a melody or they'll give you a, an idea and then you kind of have to take that and just use all your logical reasoning to put that into something tangible, you get me? Um, and so far it's worked, you know. Um, and... To say that they don't exactly know what to say doesn't necessarily mean that they're not intelligent per se. You know? It's just that in production, you know, it's a, it's a different realm, a different set of tools, a different set of um, um, terms and uh, methods. Um, and what I try to do is, I guess, use my degree, you know, maybe knowing English or just knowing how to communicate to kind of help bring across something in a way that's easy to understand you know so um yeah i feel like that's that's really how i try my best to use it you know um but then are you seen are yes. you seen as a, a black sheep uh, a misfit uh or or are you are you do how do you blend in because you seem to be more accepted by a lot of me i mean i see i see uh What's ding dong and everything you know you're working mm. with now, and, mm. and I'm sure yeah. you're gonna be working with Tiffy soon. Well, I'm not working with ding dong yet, but more more like governor and them and there. Right, but right. As you're saying, um, um, I think I think people are mostly interested in I guess the way how I produce and uh, how I make music and maybe. They can tell a lot from me from that. Mm -hmm. um, so I realized persons who've really shared an interest in my music um, always kind of always kind of have a I don't have a hard time gelling with them. Figure what I'm saying because if they really like minds, yeah, like minds. As as um Tiger says, um, law of attraction, exactly. attracting the kind of energies and character you are emitting regularly. Right. So what you emit is what you attract. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Della Move by Chronics, my artist. Yes. Give me some. 
some love, guys, if y'all like the music. I'm here to DJ tonight, you know. One, one. Look here now, look here. No, I want to find this in the building. No, no. Hold, on. hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Um, I want to know what goes into the combination and the arrangement of fresh and clean, clean queen there jazzalise is here hey jazzalise love your music girl you you came you came when you i played the music long time ago come on man i might play it again don't know that i'm here in the house in tribute yeah, to you okay yes we love uh, the, the what goes into your head when you are trying to combine these uh, sounds together because this sounds like roots this is bongo this is mm -hmm. real hardcore drumming and this is mm -hmm. the, the sound of the flutes coming in That's and that like ritualistic it. flavor mm -hmm. you know, I'm becoming a will you will you get that the sound different all right well the process of that track is very interesting and uh, I definitely could not put all the um all the um well this is a joint effort between me and Chronix. So okay. the foundation of the track, which is basically the beat, the drums, the horns in the background, um the bass, that's me. So I had that and I brought that to Chronix, right? Oh, okay. Then, that's um, what I wanted right. to know. What in it is yeah. you? Right, but then, but hold on. So now, I brought it to him, and he, he immediately loved it. I brought it to him as um, an idea that I wasn't sure about, and then he just went crazy over it. So then, um, yeah, he had it for a while, and he just came back with a song. So the song didn't have the flute, it didn't have the Naya Bingi, it didn't have any of that. It just had my beat and his lyrics. But it was the full song. Like, he had finished writing the song, like, a year before it was actually done. Uh -huh. So um, what would end up happening is that me and him will meet up to work on the song. And little by little, the first thing him suggested some Naya Bingi drums. And me and him go look on YouTube. You know, we try to find some drums and, you know, just chop something. So you've never been to a Naya Bingi session, a real one? No. I'd love to be at one, though. I think I should. You should. You should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you for should. sure. But... Yeah, we um we put that in and then we arranged that and uh, and next time we met up with Hector who is his percussionist, um, Zoe who is an amazing flutist and Okil who's an amazing amazing trumpet player. So then um we had a whole session with them where the flutes were laid down and uh, the trumpet was laid down. But even before that. Had a session with Chronics where he played in some chords on guitar for the intro, and he had arranged the intro 
right, of the song, mm -hmm. which um, gave way for the flutes and the um, trumpets to be added. Right. And, uh, yeah, and percussions went on. You know, H Hector played some um, congos with his big drum, and then uh, it just all came together. I think Quanix is definitely the mastermind of the arrangement of the song. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I was definitely there through each process, um, mm -hmm. and and I gave my input because, as you know, like I had built the foundation, but right. Um, basically, I just left him to just kind of experiment with it, and uh, it came out as it is now. And I just have to give thanks because beautiful, honestly, beautiful. And I like the way all the artists just um you know run uh, rise the rhythm. You know, For ladies sure. and gentlemen, IG friend them. I'm talking to music producer. <laughs> Celebrity, no sir. <laughs> JLL, uh, big up yourself, Mikey. Mikey Bennett is in the house. Indeed. Mikey says heard some works in progress with Chris Malachi, and I'm Very so legendary. impressed. Yes. Yeah, the music is in good hands. Ah, that's a compliment there. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Mikey. Uh, and Chris Malachi, blessings, blessings, blessings. Okay. Um, I want to go to something else. I want to change gears a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. How important are relationships to you in terms of how you navigate yourself in this industry? To me, relationships are um, kind of one of the most important things because not only is music um, a creative expression of an individual. It's a creative expression of people in general, you know, and a lot of times, um, not just collaborations, but just conversations and um, reasonings and uh, understanding, uh, understandings with other creatives, artists and producers as, as such, helps you build a community that kind of keeps you going because as you may know, the music industry is a bit rough. And if you're the only one kind of trucking through it, you know, it's just like, you're going to ask yourself, yeah. why are you doing this? You get me? Yeah. So yeah. having relationships that are actually um, strong and uh, um, trustworthy and uh, um, reliable helps you to mm -hmm. kind of have some sort of grounding in the, in the industry. Because if, yeah. if there's no one around you to kind of um, support you and if you're not supporting anyone, basically, you're going to find it very hard to even find a purpose. In Absolutely. The industry, you know? What about your own family, your, your mother? I heard you, I heard you talk about your mother. Well, you, you called your mother out on the, on the tape earlier when you were, when we were playing the, the first tape that you did for, for, for Fire 105. Uh, your, how is your relationship with your mother? Yeah, my relationship with my mom is excellent, actually. I would, I would say my mom is one of my best friends, to be honest with you. Like, we, um, I can talk to her like I talk to anybody, you know. Um, I share a lot of um, ideas with her, a lot of thoughts with her. She's very supportive, you know. Um, she's someone that definitely advocated for school, but also did not have an issue with me doing music or pursuing my art and should mm -hmm. um, 
actively invest in it and should allow me to have my sessions and bring people over and you know mm. like i didn't feel like there was much of a there was there, there was much friction when it came to really expressing myself as a um producer with her and that's why um even me being able to like move out <laughs> or to just do music you know is really a testament to Wow. It it really has worked. You get me? And, yeah, so you live by your own now, you push key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like living a full adult life. But I mean, trust yeah. me, it's been a blessing because it's really helped me to kind of um, be, be more grateful and uh, kind of understand uh, um, how things kind of work in reality, you know, as opposed to just having that comfort of being around family and being surrounded yeah. by family, you know. But, yeah, family support was never the issue. And even my father, the same, you know, um, very supportive when there's um, big contracts or big stuff that come in. My father and also my stepmom, she would help out with some lawyer stuff. You know, um, my stepfather, um, he is also a very supportive person in my journey because... He um, had uh, bought some equipment for me, bought me some headphones, computer, like, you know, so what more can you ask for? Like, you know, in, in that regard, I had no complaints. And with my sister as well, you know, my sister has been definitely one of the persons that have, both my sisters. Um, I was about to me. ask you if you're an only child, you know. No. How many students do you have? I'm only a brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're the third, you're the second to last? I am the, it's, it's my big sister, then it's me, then it's my, just a year younger sister, then it's my younger brother. Okay. So I am the second. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, my family is everything to me still, so, like, there are big reasons why I can be who I am now, and... Uh, enjoy what i do you know um without feeling like oh well um they're, they're just supportive you get, you get me mm -hmm. and it's definitely one of the biggest blessings in my life right now i'm going into the final track mm -hmm. i want your name yeah. 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 Oh, 
No, no, no. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. Let's get. No, 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 no. We gotta close the show. We gotta close the show now. Values, values, JLL. Values. How important are values to your career? Values. Values. Um. Values are a next very important thing right up there with relationships because um, values really help you um, determine your worth as a creative and determine what you will and will not do, you know, um, for yourself and for others, you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's very important for me and it's something that I'm continuing to build and learn about myself, what my true values are. And some of these things you really learn through experience, you know, like sometimes you don't really sit down and be like, all right, these are my values, you know? You, um, I realize I've learned my values through um, the experiences I've had with people, the ups and the downs, you know, and um, uh, the moments I cherish and the, um, the emotions that I cherish, you get me? And, uh, um, that in itself will allow me to really kind of respect myself more and respect others. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I really hold as high um, as I can um, going on in music. So, so when somebody brings a track to you and the lyrics are not only explicit, but they are not uplifting any kind of holistic development and empowering young people or persons all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, what, where do you draw the line then? All right. Well, for me, if it's something that I don't feel any vibe with, like in my, in my energy, then um, it's something that I just won't work on. But I realized that I haven't had, because one of my biggest concerns, you know, even when I was in art, I was just like, Jano, like, all I hear is just like gunman tune and girl tune and uh, all them violent, you know, like vulgar tunes. And, um, you know, there's a space for everything, sure, but I didn't want to be the person producing that. I think there was a point where um, my brethren had, had this artist's voice on a song that um, I had produced and uh, it was just really vulgar and I just, I just had a hard time kind of sitting with it. It didn't end up going out, but I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd, I'd like put out a song like this because um, going forward, like each song is also building your story, you get me? And getting people know the kind of person that you're trying to, um, or the kind of, the kind of legacy you're trying to leave on the um, earth, you get me? And uh, of course, as I said, there's a place for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes yeah, yeah. everybody can sing a Goldman tune, everybody can sing a girl tune. Like, Absolutely. It's just the culture, it's just life, you know? Yeah. But at the same Absolutely. time, I just know that I know what is um, good and healing with for myself and um, for others, and that's kind of the path I'd want to go. Sometimes there's going to be songs that are going to be like, there's just going to be a vibe, and it might, it might not necessarily be 
the most um, pure thing, per se. But then never does it lean down a road where it's just like vulgar enough to kind of let people kind of, you know, call within themselves. That's not really me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, know this. Know that through your music, you are influencing a whole world of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have touched persons even tonight. I hear Donovan say, this makes me feel like I need to go create something. So you did that. Oh, okay, boss. Yeah. So that leads me to my last question, which is this. I normally ask my guests this question. Of course, you know, there are a lot of young people who are on this live right now and listening to you and thinking about, you know, how do I navigate my life trying to find what I need to do? What is one thing that you would say to that young person right now? Well, I would say a lot of the times we think that we need to do something and that we need to um, be this big thing or achieve something of note. But the truth is that we really just need to be ourselves and learn more about ourselves because I just feel like everything, every creative path and journey is always from some understanding of the self and what you want out of yourself. You get me? So I don't think it starts from, oh, shoot, do I be a contractor? Do I be a lawyer? Like, who are you? Are you someone who likes communication? Do you speak to people? Are you like someone that's, like, that's the reason? Do you like creativity? Do you just sing melodies? You know, like those are the pure beginnings of greatness that I feel really are going to set the path for what you really should do. And I think that's why people get caught up in things that they don't want to do per se because um, it's imposed on them. They go through school um, and they're, they're led down a path. And, uh, they, and they themselves have too much insecurity to believe in that they can do stuff on their own merit. So they take advice and uh, um, words from everyone just because. And I used to be one of those persons. I had a lot of doubt in myself. I had a doubt in music. I had a doubt in art. And I realized when I come back to myself, when I'm creating, there's just this pureness about creating that who can tell you otherwise like in that moment that's what it is and that's all it is the fact that you're making music you don't know where you're going to go you don't know if you're going to make money from it so i just feel like we just one need to live more in the present moment understand what we're feeling and what we kind of resonate with and make that lead you to a path don't force yourself on any path absolutely absolutely well said jazz ellie says word, word sound, sound power Amen. I feel a spirit up in here. Look here, Roman. JLL, thank you so much thank for you. coming on this live and just blowing it all up. I mean, this was a rich convo. Chris Malakai says this was, this was a really good in, um, convo. And I really appreciate you and I want to encourage you to do your best thank and you. just keep getting better. Keep competing with yourself. No, watch no fears mm -hmm. out there. Keep doing better than yourself. Yeah, man. I, I, I really appreciate really it. Yeah, man. I'm going to go out with Jazz Elise. <laughs>
fresh and clean. We are so emoji. Come on, show me some love. Show me some love. Thank you all of you on IG for sharing with us this evening and for sharing my birthday this yes. evening with, yes. I mean, a fabulous guest. You know, I am all the better, all the fresher, all the cleaner for being here with this young man. And yes, blessings upon you, my friend. Blessings, blessings, blessings. My IG friend, them, big up on yourself. Join me next week. This time, 8 o'clock for another refreshing reasoning. JLL, yes. bring up yourself. Bless up, sir. Thanks again. Yeah, man. Take it easy. Yeah, man. <laughs>